This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. Um, having a few technical issues over at the uh, That Millwall Podcast uh, headquarters, shall we say. So uh, running a little bit late. Dan, I must admit, was ready to go. Um, I was letting the side down. Dan, how are you this evening? Yeah, good. It's nice to be uh, enjoying a Sunday with uh, three points. Unfortunately, my bank holiday uh, feeling doesn't exist as I am in work tomorrow, but at least I'll have a good week ahead. At least that's been sorted. Well, yeah, it, it always helps, doesn't it? If you wherever you've got to go to work the next morning, if you come off the off the back of three points, it's not um it's not usually too too bad. Um guys, a little bit different for the uh, Sunday show. Usually we have the the call in on Twitter. Um Mickey, uh podcast leader, is uh, actually on on holiday at the moment. So he's um he's no longer uh, able to do the Sunday. Only for this week. Obviously, we'll be back next week, but um, we'll be we'll be going through all your comments and things. So um, feel free to drop us a message as and when uh, you feel necessary. If you don't agree with anything that we say, of course, please challenge us. We that's what we're here for. We don't mind. Um, we have been a little bit negative over the last couple of weeks. Although I will say that I wasn't the negative one last week, and I will come on to that. But Dan, let's let's get straight into it. Um, Gary Rout was under immense pressure, I think, going into the game on. Saturday, and um, whilst it might not have been the best performance, he's he's he managed to find us a way to to uh, get three points. Yeah, um, first ten minutes I thought were a little bit of a cagey affair. You could tell our players were a little bit nervous um, coming off the back of not just three bad results, but three bad performances as well. Um, and then really from like um, the thirty uh, from that kind of 10, 15th minute onward up until the end of the first half, it was probably some of the best football I'd. I've, I haven't been to Middlesbrough, so it's probably the best bit of football I've seen us play this season. Um, and second half kind of was a bit more of a, of a typical Millwall performance in the way that, you know, we defended resolutely. I thought all three of the centre-halves had very good games. Cooper was my personal man of the match. Um, but I thought we defended really well and probably had to ride our luck a little bit, um, especially with that header right at the end, which came off the post and there's a photo going around on Twitter. I don't know how many of you guys have seen it, just of how mm-hmm. close a Stoke player was just to even getting a, 
a toe to prod it over the line. But, you know, it's good. Rowett said, you know, the, the record isn't too bad. And I agree with him on that, you know, kind of six points from the opening 12 isn't bad. It's just the performances haven't probably been what we would like to say, at least... We want to be, even if we are losing games, we at least want to see some positive signs. And up until yesterday, there wasn't really many at all. No, and I think um, you're right. I think first half was a pleasant surprise in in many ways because I think we all knew that we needed to start on the front foot. We all knew we needed to try and, you know, create more chances and get our attacking players actually influencing the game. And we come out after a shaky 10 minutes. I think Jake Cooper and Sean Hutchinson saved us in that first 10 minutes with a couple of good tackles. But once we got into the game, and and I think um, we'll we'll come on to individual players a bit later on, but once we started to get Brian and Cuffey into the game, further forward, putting crosses into the box, you know, adding a little bit of an attacking threat, I I thought for 30 minutes, it's probably the best we've played under out for a while. I know including last season and um, there were other wins but it was it was promising um one thing I, I did want to pick up on and, and guys obviously if you're you're watching at home um Stoke made four changes at half time yesterday and when you've got that quality sitting on your bench to be able to come on and completely change the game yes I think we did go defensive and yes perhaps we need to try and kill teams off but I think we do have to give have to give a little bit of credit to Stoke because they made the changes and they they put us under real pressure in that second half yeah I mean they bought on one of the players they bought on um called Burgo who came on in centre mid I think he cost about four or five million they signed him from Basel mm-hmm. so you know that that's two, two three times our club record signing so you know when you kind of put things into perspective um, you know, I think Stoke, Stoke have got a much bigger budget than us um, and they're kind of a little bit more, um, got a bit more freedom now this summer from FFP. So they're going to mm-hmm. have a deeper squad than us. Um, so I still think from our perspective, there's still work to do. Obviously, we've got, is it five days now to the deadline? I think it's uh, uh, Friday. 30. Is it, is I it think 31st this year? I think okay. it's the first. So we've got until Friday. Um, hopefully we can bring in a couple more bodies. Rowett said last year the size of the squad was a problem and we're actually probably operating on a slightly smaller squad at the minute so hopefully the club are working hard at that to get a couple more and we've only got one in on loan at the minute so there's still plenty of loan spaces open in the squad to beef out numbers a little bit so hopefully they're looking to do that um but yeah you know i thought stoke they had a really good strong second 45 again like when you're bringing on players like that burger um that Ben Pearson he's been in around the championship for ages very experienced head at the level always a very good performer and someone like Tyrese Campbell as well who was valued very highly by a lot Mm -hmm. of the bigger clubs in this country not that long ago kind of indicates the strength in depth that that they have at the minute I think you're right I think especially I think Campbell was one no I think was it one of the Stoke forwards, I think we were interested in. Um, I think it was, was Jacob a... Brown we was interested in. He's now gone to Luton. Yeah, uh, it seems that Stoke have kind of, they've had a, a forward line, perhaps not as successful as what they would have liked. And they've obviously gone out and improved. And um, yeah, I, I think the loan market is going to be key. Um, I think it is going to be important. I, I saw a few tweets and I got involved earlier on today. Um, I think a centre-back and a forward are the two positions that we desperately, desperately need. Centre-back on the basis that if Ryan Leonard 
does get injured. Um, or Hutchinson, for that matter, as well. Yeah, or Hutchinson. And also, Leonard could also be operated in midfield, which would then mean you need someone else playing at the back. And if we're going to persist with a two up front, which we will come on to in a little while, um, the, the shape and, and the players and, and everything from yesterday. But if we're going to persist with two up front, we are going to need another striker because we're not going to last with Bradshaw and Nisbet just consistently having to run and and chase um, chase everything down. I am going to address a comment first before we move on to anything else. And I'm pretty sure I know I'm going to get a laugh from Dan and Mickey's going to love this when I do this. But Glenn Williams, Stephen, I am sure I see you attempting to model in the programme yesterday. Glenn, yes, I was on the front of the programme. And for any of the other listeners at home, it was me on the front of it. I'm sorry that you had to pay £5 to see my face. Um, if it helps, I got a lot of pelters from the people that sit around me. Um, and that will continue for the rest of the season. But yes, it was me on the front of the programme, if you're asking. Dan, if you have anything to say, here's your opportunity. I think you did a great job, mate. I love the shirt, by the way. You really need to get that shirt on a permanent basis. Um, Thank you. The Thank end, you. I think um, when Mickey Mickey obviously listened to this back, or if he isn't listening now, I think we maybe need to maybe give the cover photo of that middle podcast a little update. Well, Mickey has posted from the podcast accounts, or someone has a comment, so um, I, I'll go through some of these as well. Um, he's updated that. I can see us eking out a few one nil results this season, David. We will come back to that. We'll come back up to that uh, that normal podcast. That will probably be Mickey. Yeah, panic over. We're up and running. A um, few technical issues, but we are we're live. Um, and Tony, one more from him when it shows. Len Dog will get injured, um, so a matter of, of when. Yeah, I agree. I think you do run the risk with Leonard. I think he made what was an, a superb tackle in the second half and looked like he got injured off the back of it. So it is always a bit of a flight risk. But... Um, Rather than talk about flight risks, let's talk about something a little bit more positive. Uh, Kevin Nisbet and Tom Bradshaw as a as a pair, I thought, complemented each other really, really well. Bradshaw did a lot of the what I would call the donkey work, a lot of chasing, a lot of hurrying, and Nisbet finally um, scored his first goal in the league for us. Dan, I think it, it was the signs of a a strong partnership, providing they get to play together more often. Yeah, I think. Bradshaw's performance yesterday certainly was Gregory-esque to me, the way he, as you said, he did a lot of the donkey work, a lot of the running around, won quite a bit in the air as well, which was credit to him because he was up against, uh, for, this, for the first half, three quite big centre-halves, and then in the second half, again, up against two big centre-halves, very good centre-halves at this level as well. Um, so, yeah, and it was just interesting as well, Nisbet saying um, on a little clip the club posted on Twitter today how much space he created for... Uh, Bradshaw, how much space he created for Nisbet and as well Fleming, who probably have one of his better games so far this season at least. Mm -hmm. Probably still not quite hitting the heights we, we expect of him, but looks a bit more like his old self yesterday. Um, but, you know, that was really good. And I think when we saw Nisbet in pre-season, when he was banging in the goals, he was playing up front in a two, whether, you know, he had a variety of partners. It probably wasn't anyone he didn't play up front with um in the squad who can play up front during pre-season. And that's when he looked most deadly. And then you know, we kind of isolated him up top and that's taken the threat away. So, you know, having two of them up front, brilliant. If Bradshaw can get anywhere close to the numbers he did last season, fantastic. And, you know, we, a lot of us are putting our money on this bit to be someone who can get a lot of goals for us as well. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think 
um, we'll, we will come back on to Fleming. I think the the movement and the kind of energy that we played with in, in forward positions did allow us to have a little bit more space, a little bit more, um, get ourselves up the pitch. And I think it did sort of, um, from the last home game, we had one shot on target and it was right at the end of the game. By the time we'd scored, we probably had four yeah, or five... Travers have made quite a few good saves, but what what I will say is as well, um, I thought Brian, his end product was lacking, but his his movement, supporting, getting up the mm-hmm. pitch, supporting them attacking players was good. Probably a little bit with the same with Norton Cuffey, but he's probably been playing a lot of youth football, I imagine, over the summer, um, and you know he came in and gave a very strong show in seventy five minutes, again plenty of energy, looks really good when he's on the ball. Probably a little bit of work maybe to defensively of him. Um, but you know, that's something that you know we've been good for developing defenders. Um, so yeah, and as well, um, certainly the way I saw it in, in particular, that kind of 10 minutes onwards to the end of the first half at times, Leonard was making runs, squeezing us up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, when we looked for the switch, and there was even one time where Cooper went on a marauding run and got a, a free kick in a good position for us. Just them little things, them coming back makes us a little bit more, you know, harder to kind of pick up what we're going to do. Yeah, and uh, you're right. The Cooper it reminded me of that goal at Charlton uh, during yeah. lockdown, where he sort of broke down the left hand side, won a free kick, and it almost felt like I don't know what what your thoughts are on this, Dan, but it almost felt like that in that first half, once we'd settled, the players really did have a point to prove. They did. They did. Look, I'm not going to go over the top. It was 35 minutes of football, and it was it's only a start, but. The commitment was there. The effort was there. They tried to get the ball into Nisbet and Bradshaw's feet. There was a little bit more of an identity to the way that we were playing. And it just felt a little bit like, I don't want to say Rowett listened to the fans because he's the manager. He shouldn't have to listen to supporters. He should be able, he should know what, what needs to be done. But I think, and I also think the Stoke fans started singing Gary Rowett, your football this year, as as expected. And I think they would have gone in at half time, their supporters especially, thinking, hold on a minute, they're not they're not as bad as what what we thought. Yeah. Not as bad as probably what we thought. Um I'd say that all the kind of, you know, the the fighting and the you know, all the energy and stuff. That was probably there for the full ninety if just in slightly different ways in mm-hmm. the first and the second half. Um second half obviously being a very good defensive performance in the end um so yeah i, I was just encouraged by by that 35 minute spell it, it gives us something to build on I, and you know we actually looked like we had a bit more of a game plan than we, we've had in the last mm-hmm. few games and you know even even the subs when they came on i thought imaku you know did exactly what you want a, a sub to do which was um you know an interesting time that sub in the 75th minute to actually take us away from a from a five to a four, which was mm. very interesting. Um, but bringing on a Maku worked really well because it allowed us to bring the ball up the pitch a lot quicker when we were it, sitting on the back foot. It is interesting to, that we went from the four to the five. I do think that with um, Cuffey, I do think that that was always going to happen. I don't think he was ever going to play the, the 90 in his first game uh, without knowing too much about how much of a preseason he's really had. I, I felt like that was probably enough for him. Um in that second half, obviously, we'll, we'll, you know, first, straight away from half time, four changes, with, which we already discussed, but Stoke obviously come back into the game. And I think Gary Rowett's always been accused of not changing 
not making changes at the right time. And I think the change to go with, with what we did, we had to do that. We had to get fresh legs on. We had to try and get ourselves up the pitch because it, we were clearly being overrun and the players were being tired. I actually thought the big miss yesterday, which I think would have perhaps made it a little bit more comfortable for us, was Casper Denor not being in the squad. We were enforced into... When I, I use those words and I'll explain it, we were enforced to keep... Savile and Mitchell on the pitch because we didn't have a willing runner. Obviously, George Evans was on the bench and come on, but he's not going to press and hassle and hurry. So I think Casper possibly would have made a difference. But Rowett, to to his credit, did make the changes at a time where you thought he was just going to keep keep it and just drifting along. Yeah, I you know I, I was very quick to call out Gary Rowett in the week, so I, I will give him his praise where it's due. Um, yeah, changed it up when we needed to. And, you know, I thought he got that Amaku decision spot on. And, you know, while Vogel, Sammer, maybe his quality and end product maybe isn't as there as much as the other attacking players we've got, you know, you're always going to get a very good amount of work out of him. And to have someone like that who can help out and then, you know, leave your Nisbet up there to try and hold the ball up, sorry, with Bradshaw, leave your Bradshaw up there. Um, and then, you know, maybe leave, allow Zian to sit on the edge of the box for a counter-attack. That's you know, that worked that worked quite well towards the end of the game. Um, other than that kind of 90th minute spell. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna bring up a comment and something that perhaps we can discuss for sort of the next part of the show. Um again from Glenn Williams. Sarkic, it doesn't fill me with confidence when it comes to crosses. I am still reserving judgment on him because it, he has only played four games and in, last week was a shambles. He had to pick the ball out the back of his net three times. We know um, probably team low on confidence. Clean sheet first game at Borough. Obviously clean sheet yesterday. I do have concerns about the crossing because he doesn't appear to want to come and catch the ball. Um, but I'm I'm still trying to hold judgment on that, Glenn, personally because I, you know I'm hoping that he, he'll he'll improve um, in that in that sense, but. But Dan, I think I don't know if I don't actually know if it was you, but I saw a tweet about had the shot right at the end that kind of took a nick off Billy Mitchell that Sarkic uh, tipped round the corner. Had we have had George Long in goal, would he have got across to save it? No, I, I don't think it's, we know long shot saving was not one of George Long's strong points, so I, I don't think he would have saved that. Um, I think that's something Sarkic will improve on. He hasn't he hasn't been here all that long. He came in like a day before the start of pre-season. So he's probably mm -hmm. still getting used to it. I don't think he's played with the same defenders in front of him every game so far. So hopefully um, as it goes on, maybe we'll get a little bit more kind of familiar with the defenders that he's going to have in front of him. I also think he's at the minute he's sweeping is a little bit of an issue. He kind of calls for it and then starts a little bit more like pensive. Um, yeah. Um, and then it always it generally ends up going into the stands, which is uh, a bit of a problem. Um, so, you know, I, I want to give the lad a chance. And, you know, credit where credit's due. He made a few good saves yesterday, um, especially that one in the last minute. Yeah, I, I mean, just putting up a couple of comments there. Um, one from Danny, do we have a plan B? And then Tony, who's who's come back and said, do we have a, uh, we have a plan B? No, that's why we got overrun in the second half. I do think that it is something that's on the agenda that, you know, it, it, Richard Cawley or through Richard Cawley, we've seen that, that Rao was perhaps in the market for a striker. And I think a target man or a bigger striker that could potentially hold the ball up 
especially in the second half yesterday. Whilst we love Tom Bradshaw and he works hard and he did a good job yesterday, I, I thought Tom had a, had a good game. But you can't just rely on him to chase lost causes. You need to have someone that can hold the ball up. And I think a plan B is coming. What that's going to look like is anyone's guess. Last well, last week of the transfer window, um, you know, players become available. Agents put talk out there. Um, you know, Dan, do, do you think that perhaps the bigger centre forwards coming in? Do you think that's the plan B that Rowett's looking for, or or something else? I've always said I'd quite like us to sign a target man striker for that option, and we know Rowett's kind of quite a direct manager anyway. The way he tries to get us to get the ball up the pitch a bit quicker. So having someone who could play like that um, would be a good plan B. And even so, if they even if they start as a plan B and keep scoring goals, you know, if we're a team that one of the few teams that plays a bit more direct, um, it's not a bad thing to have someone a bit bigger. Um, you know, obviously Stoke played with Wesley up top yesterday, and I thought between our three centre halves, they did a terrific job on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agree. I, I, if if we are kind of in the market for a target man striker, I'd maybe be seeing if Daniel Jeverson's available on loan from Sheffield United. I really like him. I think now they're in the Prem. Um, there isn't probably as much game time for him as he would be if he was in this league. Um, he's had a fair bit of experience, still quite young, but it's not just also his height and physicality, it's also his pace. He's very quick. Um, so I would be very keen to um, you know see if, if, if there's a possibility, especially now they've just signed Cameron Archer today as well. Yeah, and I think when you look at those Premier League clubs, obviously there's a uh, they have to name a squad, don't they? They have to name a certain amount of players, um, and then anyone that's not in that 25 man squad or whatever basically just doesn't get a game. They're, they're they're not able to use them. So there'll be certainly lots of players in the Premier League that are probably facing that in in their in in this season and and, and moving forward. So there's certainly. I think clubs out there that will be looking to shift players on again. We don't know, you know, we don't know what the plan might be. Uh, I'd like to think that Rowett's looking for for a centre back, which again we'll we'll come on to. Um, just a couple of other quotes that I will uh, try and get on the on the screen now from Daniel. He looked one hundred percent better this week. I agree for the first half. Second half again, we'll we perhaps come into a little bit more detail in in a second on that, but. Um, gl- I have no confidence GR will play the same way in the next home game. That's the big question, isn't it? Um, isn't it, Dan? Because Rao, it seems to find a way of getting a result in a game where he's been under a little bit of pressure or we've not won for a few. And it I, I hate to use the term paper and over cracks because I don't think yesterday quite was that. But it's finding and playing that way consistently. You can't just do it for one game. You can't just do it for half an hour. Well, yeah, as well, before the next home game, we've still got another very difficult away game coming up to Birmingham who have thrown out the blocks themselves. So that's going to be a tough game in its own right. Um, so I'll be interested to see how we go up there and play. Um, it's quite interesting, really, on, on that um, lack of plan B as well, because our style of football, the way we want to get the ball forward a bit more quickly, is generally a lot of teams' plan B. You know, a lot a lot of teams will have their own, you know, either the high pressing or like, you know, play the ball around the back or whatever. And then, you know, if, if they need a goal late on, then it's usually the a bit more of the direct style. But that's our plan A. So mm. how many more plans after that is there? Is our plan B shoving Jake Cooper up front in the last five minutes when we need a goal? Well, at the moment it is because we don't we're not blessed with a lot of height. I know that sounds really stupid when you you, you defend a six foot five and you've got 
you know, Sean Hutchinson, Mario Wallace in, in the team. But, you know, we're not, we're not blessed. We're not, they're not big players, you know, Nisbet and Bradshaw, Fleming. They're not small, but they're not, you wouldn't look at that. For example, a lot of the Stoke lads yesterday, especially that Wesley, they had big physical players in, in the team. So, you know, Jake Cooper, he did get on the end of a corner and Hutchinson, you know, you know, puts himself about and gets on the end of, of corners and set pieces as well. But I, I think you're right. A lot of teams plan B is our plan A, which does beg the question, you know, what what are we going to do? I, I, I think Amaku does provide you with a little bit of a different option because of his pace. I think SA does because of his technical ability. But I think moving forward, we are we are going to need a, a little bit more than that. Glenn, um, we were lucky to get the three points yesterday. A lick of paint helped us not to concede. I, I'm going to be positive uh, on this point um, because, and I don't, oh, look, it, it's one game of football. We've won the game. They're, the jury's still out on row. I'm not, I'm not completely changing my opinion just yet. But Alex Neil in the opposite dugout, yesterday made four changes at half time. He gave his team clear instructions on how we wanted them to play and what they were going to do. And they overrun us. They did. They, they, they were better than us in the game. There's no shame in that. Yeah. Okay. A few of us were probably leaving the ground, myself included thinking, yeah, I don't know um, how, how Stoke haven't managed to score there. And I'm sure their supporters would have gone home disappointed, but realistically, Sarkic really only made maybe two saves. He didn't have that much really necessarily. There was balls into the box and shots over the bar and wide. But I don't think whilst they had a lot of the play and, and perhaps we were lucky with, with them hitting the woodwork at the end, I don't think Sarkic really had an awful lot to do. No, um, and you make your own luck over the season. So, you know, the, the amount of penalties that we probably won't have for Jake Cooper getting rugby tackled every weekend. Um yeah, we deserve I, it. We deserve say, it. We probably deserve we probably deserve something like that to go away. Um, and you know, at the end, of, ultimately, by the by the end of game week forty six, you probably everything's probably equal. You've probably had your luck evened out throughout the course of the season. You have to make your own luck sometimes, um, and probably just for the way you know we've made them blocks throughout the game, but particularly with the def- uh, Hutchinson Cooper making so many important blocks and tackles we probably deserve that little bit of luck just to shine down on us especially after what has been up until then not the greatest start no no um mike uh blackledge on on uh, youtube what role does george ha- uh, george evans have in this squad if you haven't watched uh, i mean it might be a little bit out of date now but if you haven't watched the last video that went up the uh norwich debrief where do we go the panelists on that show including both myself and dan saw george evans as the peckham pillo and the savior of of the season no that was joe i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> say while i said he, he might have a role to play um and i would be prepared to give him a chance joe was the one really banging the evans drum yeah, okay, it was. I mean, to be fair, uh, look, we all know George Evans is perhaps not really wanted by the manager. It's just it, we're unable to move him on. What role does he have in the squad? I, I think you're. I think providing he doesn't go this week, which again could happen, I think you might see him a bit more often than you think. There'll be there'll be times where he comes on in games, especially if we've got you know no one of the midfield three of Denor. Leonard, uh, sorry, Denor, Savile or Mitchell injured. I think Evans will come on in games. Um, 
by all accounts, Tony's re- replied back to this. Which is quite funny, ball boy. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, I, I mean, look, he's he's never going to be a popular popular um, with with the fans. But just like this comment here, George Evans is a great utility player and plays to instruction. He's better than we give him credit for. I I do agree with that, David. I, I do think he's perhaps a little bit better than what we do give him credit for. The problem is, is that in a in a team and for a club that you know demands that high level of energy the high level of effort and commitment I don't think George Evans is that type of player would you agree with that Dan yeah although I'd possibly say other than Billy Mitchell he's probably the 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 second closest thing we've got to Billy in the squad um I feel like from what I've seen from Casper him and George Savile look quite similar players so maybe Evans is a bit more suited to maybe the Billy role, but we've seen him in a midfield too and he looks like he struggles. So maybe if Rowett goes to a 5-3-2 and drops um, the, uh, maybe changes the, having the attacking midfielder for another uh, defensive midfielder, that might be, that might in particular see where we see Evans slot in. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe for, for the league games, you know, I think maybe against teams like Rotherham um, who come to the den and will try and play how we play away from home where we know we're going to have a bit more of the ball than usual. That's maybe where having someone like George Evans um, in the defence or the midfield, picking the ball up from a bit deeper and trying to pick the pass to get us going forward. That might be where you see a bit more value out of George Evans. Yeah. And I think, look, you know, he gets, there's a lot of, there's certain players. I mean, I'm going to put um, Andreas Vogelsammer in the same bracket that, that do perhaps um, are probably better than what we give them credit for, but not quite what we're looking for in in Millwall players. And George Evans unfortunately fall, falls into that category. Who knows? This time next week, he he may not he may no no may get words out may no longer be at the club. Um, Lawrence, I think centre back to either cover Leonard or rotate important in case of injuries. Absolutely agree. If you can guarantee that Ryan Leonard is going to play thirty games in a season, then I wouldn't have too much of a worry about it. But unfortunately. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think, Dan, I don't know, you might remember off the top of your head, but there was a stat about how many games of football he's played, he's averaged over the last couple of seasons. And it's nowhere near the mark that you'd be looking for if he's going to be that right-hand, uh, right-handed uh, centre-back. I don't know the number, but it, it can't be any more than probably 15, maybe 20. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's unfortunately for Evans, it's a, Evans Leonard, sorry, it's not going to be very high, which is a shame because I think his he, skill set of being very quick and still being very strong and the ability to bring the ball out from the back, I think it's a very useful set of skills, probably in terms of in terms of pace in our centre-backs, he's probably the quickest. So, um, you know, I think if the club are looking to sign a centre-half, it probably needs to be um, more of the Evans mould than of the um, Hutchinson or Cooper mould. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lawrence again, think a target man is needed, but Warrior Maku game time would get further limited with another four, further option. I, I'm i going to say something a little bit controversial, um, perhaps. I don't know what your thoughts are, Dan, and perhaps the guys in the comments. I think Amaku was brought in last year, and I think Amaku was, was going to be playing in our team last year. I think he was identified as someone to really come in and make a difference. I'm f- but that was never said by Rowett. It was always he's coming into the development squad and and find his feet. He got injured and we 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 only perhaps saw him once. But 
I, I said to my, my dad at the game on Saturday, he's come from Shamrock Rovers, uh, an unknown. You, you, it's not one that you saw, you know, lots of clubs linked with. It, it, it kind of come out of nowhere that we were signing him. And his impact on this team has been absolutely superb. I, I don't see his game time being limited by another signing coming in. I think he will potentially be playing as much as, as he would be whether or not another forward comes in. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe he was signed as a bit more development, but then due to our shortcomings in January, maybe they wanted to have a bit more of a, of a look at him um, than he unfortunately had. He came in with a bit of an injury. We only really saw him for a little bit against Burnley and then he went and got injured again. So I think there was the possibility for him to come in and we see him play. Um, but I don't think there was... Um, I don't think they they necessarily intended to him uh, intended for him to be uh, like some uh, someone who contributes to first team squad last season. Just on the screen there, Dan, another one for us. Will Danny McNamara be able to get back into the team? As I believe Norton Cuffey offers more. Um, look, I think Danny McNamara is fallen a little bit into what I call the Marlon Romeo trap in that he didn't have any competition for a long period of time and the shirt was almost no one's undroppable no one is guaranteed maybe a perhaps the goalkeeper but it almost felt like he was undroppable because there was no there wasn't a another perhaps wing back you could argue Leonard and other players that could play there but I just don't see how Danny Mack can, can get himself back into the team at the moment with the signing of Norton Cuffey. Well, it's going to put a bit of pressure on him um, to start performing again. You know, I think really since since Jed's left, his form's gradually slid um, and then it, it eventually got a bit more uh, dramatic, like the, the fall off. Um, so, you know, Norton Cuffey's going to have... I think Norton Cuffey going forward is certainly going to be um, a stronger option mm -hmm. than Danny. Um, but from what I saw yesterday, he still has a few defensive shortcomings, which, you know, hopefully he can sort out. But maybe that might be where, for some games, Danny might come back in if, if Rout wants to be a bit more kind of defensively secure. And if he wants to go to a four, I think Norton Cuffey has experience um, from playing as a kind of right, a bit more of a right midfielder. So that could also possibly be an option. I also got to put a question here to you Stephen and for anyone who also wants to answer this one in the comments feel free because I saw a couple of Millwall fans saying would you consider using Danny McNamara if we want to continue with a back 3-5 would you consider using him as a centre half so Stephen I'll put that question to you um whilst we're on that subject I'm going to put this this on the on the screen we defended really well make no mistakes I agree with that completely I thought we I thought we did defend quite well and and um, the, the back three certainly deserve a lot of plaudits for yesterday um and leading on to Danny Mack at center half I, the problem I have with that is that if you're a wing back or a full back you you're not as you or usually you're not as as big you're not as physical you're not a uh, you know that's not your kind of role you see it that you know whenever the ball gets knocked over the top from the goalkeeper more often than not one of the center halves go out to the to the right or the left to go and win the header it's never on on the fullback and i, I just worry that with danny mack 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think defensively, one-on-one, he's he's pretty good. But I would be concerned if you had him up against, for example, say if Wesley yesterday was latching on to, to Danny Mack in a centre-half position, he'd have no chance. He'd have absolutely no chance with it. I feel like that the calls for Danny Mack to play in a centre-back position have come about because he's a Millwall boy and that there's fans that want to get him in the team. And this, and I get it, of course, I understand it, but I just don't... I would rather see a sign of centre-half than, than have to be forced to play Danny McNamara there. What, what about you? Yeah, I think I'm kind of in agreement with that. I feel like if there was a time to find out, it would have been in the Carabao Cup, but we're out of that. Um, and the last thing you want to be doing unless you're having a freak injury crisis, is trying something which I would probably describe as quite risky um, in a in a league game. Um, so I, I think it, it's something that I could possibly get behind, but right now it, it's not something that's that's worth trying. Yeah, I, 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 it, it's too much of a risk. The cup would have been perfect, as you say, but unfortunately, as we know, we're, we're out of that. Uh, Mike Blackledge, so how should we set up for the next home game against Leeds? They are dangerous. So is it us going for it or sitting back? Um, personally, uh, Dan, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I don't see, providing people are, uh, everyone's fit and there's no other injuries, I don't see why we should change the, the, the starting eleven for next week at Birmingham and again going into that Leeds game. I don't see why you would make any changes to that, apart from perhaps Casper, if he's fixed. I think he is He is the first-choice midfielder. But everybody else, why would you change it? Yeah, I agree with that. I think on that Leeds game, they are very dangerous going forward. I'd be naive to sit here and say I'm not scared of coming up against the front four of Nonto, Somerville, Ruta and Piro now. I'd be very silly to come in here and say I'm not scared of that. But de- defensively, Leeds are shit, and they have been now. They were shit last season in the Premier League defensively. Uh, and they don't look much better defensively this season, despite dropping down a level. If it, Maybe I'd maybe be looking at starting Idemo in that game, poss- possibly. Um, and for telling who? Him to Sorry? Play- I don't know who I'd maybe bring him in for. That's the problem. But I'd like, or at least if you, I'd love to see him come on on that left-hand side because they have Luke Ayling on that side. Um, mm-hmm. Who's, I've, ne- I've never rated Luke Ayling and now he's only getting older. Um, and I don't, I think a lot of the goals Leeds have already conceded this season have came down their right or the opposition or the opposition's left. So I think that could be somewhere where we try and exploit Leeds. 
Um, but I, I think you've got to try and play the way you did in the first half yesterday. Um, you know, have, have the players that can play, you know, a bit more defensively. But, you know, spring, spring and forward when you can. So it, it is almost like leaving just two or three men at the back as it is. Yeah, I, I think, again, with Amaku, I think at the moment he's perhaps, he's probably unlucky that, Nisbet is has come in for the big money transfer, and Tom Bradshaw scored seventeen goals last year. Because you'd think that with how he seems to be coming on, and 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 his progression has come on very very well over pre season, he'd probably be one that Rowett and Rowett touched on it. He's close to pushing for a start. It's just unfortunate the two positions that he could perhaps get in are, are, are taken by players that are likely to to hold those hold those spots, especially after how they both played. On Saturday, it probably wouldn't be such a bad thing to perhaps try him against Leeds. I think they'll. Um, I think that game is going to be a real test for us and and Rowe. I think Leeds have have typically come to the Den and I, I want to say the den. They, yeah, they, I, they they don't get much change out of us. No, that is the one thing that, that does give me some encouragement. But they are a very they are very good attacking as as we saw they stuck four past Ipswich. Yeah, that I, I was. What I was going to say, I, I was going to say, I don't think they've struggled in the sense they've lost. We've we've got we've beat them more times than they've beat us. But I, it, they've been close games. It's not it's not been a hammering or anything. It, it, they have been very tight, one nils, two ones, you know. Um, but I think that that will be a big big test for us because um, I, I know again not disregarding the Birmingham game next week, and I know we've played Middlesbrough as well, but. Leeds are the first side we're playing that have come down from the Premier League. Um, they're, they're, the, the quality of their squad is obviously very, very strong. So it'd be interesting to see how we're looking. And it's the first game after the international break as well. You, you know, they might have players that go off on, on international duty, come back with a knock. We may have the same thing. So it might be the best time to play them. But who knows? But I, I going back to the question that was put on there, if it was me, I would set up the same as we have or we the, the same as we did yesterday for Birmingham next week and providing that the players are fit maybe with the inclusion of, of Denore in the middle for for one of the two um lads to there I, w- I don't see any reason why we, we we should change it for for Leeds um changing the subject a little this is from Millwall Holdings I see a few online saying they saw a Stoke player spit at Murray Wallace hitting him they have been convinced to report him it must be on footage this must happened admit, in front of my block. It, I, I don't it, know. It wasn't. It wasn't like a direct spit, like face to face. But it looked. It looked to me like he spat at like the the back of him towards the back of his legs. So it will probably get passed off as something um, that was like a spit on the floor. Um, so I don't think anything will come of it. But it def- they definitely looked to me like they could be. Um, there could be something in that because he had just been. Uh, I think Murray had just um, got a throwing out of him or some, something like that but it did happen in front of my block uh, and that goes on to say convinced to report him it must be in some footage I'm all f- uh, for it about time we started these other clubs snide agendas what do you think Look, uh, Dan said he obviously saw it was in front of his block I didn't see it I don't know so I can't I can't really comment on that if it has happened I think it's certainly something that needs to be looked at it is, there's no place for it but um, in terms of other clubs, other clubs' snide agendas, I think again we always say this: no one likes us, we don't care. 
Um, I think there's going to be there's always going to be teams and and fans and clubs that are going to are going to try and do something when they come to Mill or when we go there. But certainly, if that's the case, then we definitely definitely uh, it should be reported. Um, Danny Mac, Danny Mac has been awful since the contract angle get rid. Um, again, without knowing too much of the details, uh, I, I don't know enough to be able to comment too much on it. Um, it did perhaps get a little bit messy with his contract negotiations and 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 everything that was going on behind the scenes. I, I don't think getting rid is the answer. I think it's important for Danny and it's important for us as fans to see how he responds to some competition. There's no point in just saying, oh, well, he's finished and, and that's that. He's now got competition. He's going to have to earn his way back into this side. There will be an opportunity for him to play in a game at some point, you know, Norton Cuffey might get a knock or a suspension and he will get a chance to play. And this is his opportunity to show us and the management, you know what, I want my I want my spot back. Yeah, I, I, he will definitely get a chance, um, even just by the fact we're going to have to play Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. There, there's going to be opportunities for him. Um, I, You know what, up until that contract point, I'd almost forgotten all about that. Um, which again is a very valid point because I just kind of put it down to him losing Jed in front of him and then constantly chopping and changing and maybe having players that um, don't work as hard um, in front of him as Jed. And that's what I kind of put it down to. But the contract point is, is a very good point. Maybe he's been poorly advised, which we know can happen with a lot of young players. Yeah. And uh, again, we, you never know the, the ins and outs of contract talk and and what you know because the club i think there was an article that was put out wasn't there about that was kind of putting a little bit of pressure on him and and to sign and and stuff so you you never know you never know but i I think it's i think it's an opportunity for him to perhaps try and show the fans what what he can what he can do um lawrence again you'd imagine with alex mitchell being loaned out there must be a target in mind as hutch and leonard are injury prone however mcnamara or harding could cover as as we touched on earlier I think Wes Harding perhaps is someone that could cover at centre back. They clearly don't fancy him though too, too too much because you'd expect that they brought a centre half in. We've had struggles at the back and he's not played. I think they see him more as a centre half because I thought he'd always played a bit more of a as a right back, right wing back for Rotherham, and now we've just gone and so, we've now if they class him as that. We've got three on the book which we don't really need. Mm. Um, so. I must see him as a centre-half, which to me sounds like we may not even go for a centre-back, which would be a worry for me. But I've said this all summer. Yeah, I think we all have. I think there's a lot of fans that are listening, going to the games, you know, all over social media. I think a centre-half is a priority. Well, for me, it would be a priority anyway. Um, MFC for life. If you reckon we should get a target man, what about Johnson Clark Harris from Peterborough? He's available, apparently. Every time I see Johnson Clark Harris, I don't ever think he's any good. He scores loads of goals in League One. You can't dispute that. His, his stats back that up. But I don't really see him as a championship striker personally. I can understand why clubs would perhaps have a go and, and, and take a punt. But for me, I don't think he's right for us. Yeah, from whenever I've watched him, um, he seems, if you can get the ball to him in the 18-yard box, he might be okay. But we ain't gonna, we aren't the type of team that are going to be able just to give the ball, our, uh, 
give the ball to our strikers in the 18-yard box. They're going to have to generally work quite hard, which we saw, obviously, with Bradders yesterday. Um, and Nisbet's obviously been working quite hard as well. It's an area of the game which he probably needs to improve a little bit more on, but he's he's doing a good job of it so far. Um, I just think as well, for probably the the price Peterborough want, they quite like, you know, they've got a good reputation of bringing in um, attacking players and, and selling them on for, for pretty decent money. Um, wages, are, again, Peterborough, big league one club, so he'll probably be on a decent amount. Um, and his age as well. His age is going a little bit against him. So I would be, I would personally be steering clear of that one. I think it'd be a good pump for a lower league, champ, a lower end championship club. But we want to be aiming towards the the higher end of the league. So I think there's better out out there for us. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, David Turner, I think uh, A Mitchell uh, will be sold at the end of the season. Possibly, it it really depends on I think how the loan spell at Lincoln goes. If he if he has a good spell there, you know it's getting to the point where he's had spells uh, in Scotland. He's had spells um, in now in league one. If it, the, the progression, it will be to, to give him an opportunity. I don't know. Uh, there's, they clearly think there's some talent there because otherwise they would have sold him, um, sold him already in my opinion, but he, he may well, he may well be sold. I, I don't know. Good luck to him at, at Lincoln. Hopefully he, he, he plays and, and, and comes on, but um, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, MFC for life. And Maku and SA are amazing options to come on when the opposition start to tire. And like yesterday, when we are pending and looking for pace on the counter, 100% agree. It's what we were crying out for for a long, long period of time. I think, and this is going to, this is really going to baffle everybody and probably yourself, Dan. I think Ollie Burke was brought in last year to do that. and what, But it never really happened. We didn't use him right really in the second half of games it was always at the start of games where he looked better when you know the goal against um involved in Sheffield United he scored obviously against Blackburn but it appears that Amaku can come off of the bench and just put the afterburners on pretty much straight away and and it is it is going to be important for us yeah um and I think with the young players though you don't want to burn them out too early and put too much pressure on their shoulders so Certainly for now, while they're at this stage of their career, bringing them on in kind of the final 20 minutes. Um, fantastic. That's really what you kind of want to be doing for these young players, whether that's maybe 20 minutes where you kind of want to change the flow of the game or whether it's maybe five, 10 minutes towards the end of the game when the game's sign up and you, you can get them on. Um, so I think that's perfect for him. And on Ollie Burke, I mean, he's, he does split opinion, doesn't he? I, I think, you know, he near enough had a full season with the club. Um, and kind of flattered to deceive over both mm. line spells. So, you know, it's so hard. Really, I feel like if you're still saying the jury's out over someone when you've effectively seen them for a full season, um, then I think you're probably saying no. But with the transfer window coming to an end, um, us possibly in the market for an attacker, um, if a few other things fall through, and we know Burke's been a late signing on twice before, probably wants to come back to England with his missus here you know I wouldn't rule out that possibly being a transfer that happens this week but I don't I don't know anything on that by the way before um, everyone starts saying I will sign Nolly Burke I don't know anything it's just I have a suspicion that if we are trying to sign an attacker and we're struggling to get someone in they'll they might go back in for Ollie Burke again yeah just to point out sorry I've just seen a comment that's come up and it it, I'm going to have to put it up on the screen in a minute, but uh, I don't know anything about Ollie Burke 
signing. It was purely that, as Dan said, we're looking for an attacker. Knowing us, it'd be a deadline day. Don't go to bed yet. Tweet from from the club, and it'd be announcing the signing of Ollie Burke for a third time. But who knows? I'm just saying that we last year we were crying out for players with pace in the second half to really try and get us up the pitch. And it, you know, Tyler Bury tried to fit that mould. Ollie Burke tried to fit that mould, but it never really actually materialised to anything. But Amaku is showing signs that he really can actually impact games and 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 you know cause problems in in the second half. Um, Paul, I, this comment, I absolutely agree 100%. Yesterday was the first time in a long time the crowd was brought into it, into play by the players and the den and what a difference it made, 100%. That first half, the fans were on top, the players were on top, the fans were on top, the atmosphere was very, very good, I thought. And I think just touch on what we said earlier, the, play, the, the fans could see that the players were trying to play football. They were trying to play a different way. It wasn't just the same old. Again, it's 30 minutes of football. It has to happen consistently, but it does make a difference. And I think, as we said earlier, the Stoke fans would have thought, hold on a minute, they were expecting us to be, you know, gunning for Gary Rowe and absolutely slagging him off. But instead, in that first half, we were absolutely right behind them, weren't we, Dan? Yeah, um, it's a conversation I've had on a pod before with um, Mickey and Ben. I do remember having it saying, you know, we're, we're getting more. Um, sorry, I've just seen the Charlton manager's been sat. That's why I've just looked down at my phone. Um, that's that's a completely different discussion point. But it's always funny to see what's going on down the road, isn't it? Mm. Um, but these day trippers, tourists, as we like to call them, them coming into the club is good for the club because... It's money into the till effectively. You know, they're going to buy the match tickets. They're probably going to buy some merchandise and they'll probably buy a bit of food and drink in the ground. So for the club, for the, for the club, it's good. But for the players on the pitch, it's probably not so good because the day and atmosphere does suffer consequently a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think my favourite home atmosphere from like last season was the Sheffield United game. Um, yeah, which very good. Was yeah, wasn't you know quite a, a full sellout, um, but was a very good crowd down there, and you know everyone was kind of up for it. And it was not going to say it was completely like that yesterday, but it definitely felt like the best home atmosphere I can remember down there, probably for since that Sheffield United game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gaza, uh, London. I thought with the crackdown on time wasting, the ref wouldn't stop the game for an injured player off the pitch. Oh, I, I agree. I, that that was an absolute shambles. Absolute have, shambles. We had a shock. The ref, the ref overall yesterday was was pretty poor, and that was that was for both teams. I think that was kind of the cherry on top of the cake, really. Yeah, I just I, we get fed up of talking about refs, don't we? It just it's just, it, we could do a whole show dedicated to them, mate. Oh, so. and it's not even it's even you go up to the Premier League, you know. Well, you know, of, you know, Kevin Friends obviously retired, but now he's the head of Championship refs. So yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Paul again, Bradders um, and Nisbet in a front two looks like it could be a quality partnership. Worked so well together and looked like they complemented each other's playing style well. Agree, one hundred percent. We spoke about it earlier. I think Nisbet was crying out for some support and help. I think Bradshaw was probably chomping at the bit to play uh, after his season last year, and I think the two of them will work well together. I think it's it will be very very interesting if he does go with the two up front away from home. I can see him changing it. I hope he doesn't, but I think it's certainly something that he should persist with, and I can see the the, the pair of them being um, being quite successful. Um, I hope he doesn't change. Sorry, I'm just, I, I'm going to jump in. I really hope yeah, he yeah. doesn't change from from the two 
because you t- you take you know you take someone out the middle, then you you you're taking Zian out wide. You then got to bring in someone else, whether that's what more Vogel, Samar, uh, SA, and Mackie, whoever that's going to be. You're leaving whoever's up top so isolated. Birmingham do play with a, a three stroke five, so if if he does go back to a one, you're going to be leaving presumably Nisbet up there to play on his own against three probably quite big physical centre-halves, which we've seen already isn't really his game. So I think with most teams in this league, you know, the majority of the teams in this league probably do play a, a three now these days. Playing a one-up against them is, is you know, yeah, no, it's going to be difficult. And um, if a team does play a four, with obviously with two centre-backs, leaving two two strikers up there probably a lot many teams in the league do play with two strikers so it probably gives them a little bit more to think about yeah i i agree i mean i think we should be playing with two anyway regardless of what the opposition play but that that will be down to rower and, and what he what he sees sees fit i think the continent screen if you come through the academy then your wages will never match the players that are brought in the negotiation was up to his wages to other players in the team i think perhaps that's, talking about danny, danny yeah, yeah danny mack the comment i was laughing at earlier and again <laughs> Trust me, guys. When we unveil our new good-looking side, and there was pictured on the front of the 30-year programme yesterday, right? If the club ever unveil me as a sign-in, that means we're playing in, like, the 50th tier of English football. I am... No, I appreciate your comment, Mark, and I'm sure Mickey will love this. Um, I also should point out, I all will put every comment I see up on the screen. I'm not just putting it up because it was me on the front of the programme. But yes, um, yes, it was me, Mark. However, um, we're not. I'm not going to be playing for the club any, anytime soon. Don't worry about that. Um, Paul, and I think I know what this is in reference to. Looking forward to the Green Day takeover bid. Um, am I right in saying that, that was it the lead singer? Of, yeah, or, or... I can't say it's a band I'm too familiar with, but if they've got if they've got shit tons of money, then we'll take a little bit of extra investment where we can get it. I guess. Yeah, the, the club posted out a really weird um, message, didn't they? Of the, for those that are not don't know what we're talking about on Twitter, Millwall posted out a, a really strange um, picture that had two pictures taken by somebody that was at the game yesterday. Apparently, it turns out it's the lead singer or one of the members of Green Day. Obviously, Paul's putting two, two, two and two together and getting probably about 57 here, thinking that Green Day are going to take over the club. But apparently he was there yesterday, enjoyed his game, enjoyed the day they won. So happy days. But um, I can't see Green Day uh, taking over. Maybe a concert or, or perhaps playing their music before the game. But um, but no, I, I don't know. Maybe he's just a fan. Uh, Tony, in other words, nine at the back or away then. Well, look. I think yesterday people were on Rowett's back because I think if I've got this right, we had Ryan Leonard, Sean Hutchinson, Jake Cooper, Wes Harding, uh, Murray Wallace, and maybe even Joe Bryan as well, all on the pitch. No, Brian Brian wasn't on, but was Evans Bri- was on the Evans. Oh, was yeah, the Evans. It was Evans, Evans, yeah. That's six. So we had six players that potentially our centre-backs on the pitch at, uh, you know, at full time yesterday. So uh, we don't have any more centre-backs. So maybe we can't go to nine, but there's a possibility of, of six moving forward. Um, 
Tony again, Bill Green. If we, we imply, if we uh, use Ben's tactics as well of using Bart, Truman, and Sarkic in goal, we can play a or start. Well, play a, well, yeah, a six, a six one one and three goalkeepers. So yeah, I mean Ben, um, I, I'm sure he'll listen to this, and I'm sure he'll be delighted um, with with this comment. But Ben was a little bit uh, negative on the show on uh, on Thursday that went out on Friday. Um, we did have a little bit of a side bet that about my prediction unfortunately we didn't win 2-0 so um, um no one wins but um yeah I, I don't think it's got as bad that we need to play three goalkeepers zampa the lion and the bus in front of the goal i mean it, it, yesterday it seemed like we did have all of those in front of our goal because stoke did have a lot a lot of chances and, and perhaps we rode our luck a little bit um getting sort of towards the, the end now i've got i have gone through the comments if i've missed any i do apologize i think i've got all of them on the screen i appreciate all of them that come Quit, through and quickly Stephen, i'm just going to say disclaimer that podcast that you guys all heard on friday morning was filmed obviously before the cooper announcement and also before the norton coffee announcement so i'm sure if them two things have been announced before there probably would have been a, a bit more positivity to that show yeah, that's true. I mean, as I say, we we don't know. We didn't know that those signings were coming. We spoke about it, and and again, we were talking about the Norwich game last week, which were pretty poor. Was pretty poor, um, and and obviously looking ahead to Stoke, which we 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 probably all were surprised yesterday with with the result. Um, but um, just one final point, just before we we wrap up, and and guys, feel free to if you're still in the chat and and, and to to get involved in this. We we didn't really talk about Zian Fleming. Um, he seems to be again still on the everyone's uh, mind tweets. Uh, I think that the football league paper named him Star Man. I, I have to admit I, I don't quite agree with that, but you know that you know everyone sees the game of football differently. He did have a couple of moments where there was a little bit of a spark in him, and there was a little bit of a there was a time in the second half. I, I don't know if you remember Dan, where he. Um, chased I think he chased the full back to the centre half to the goalkeeper and and you know was urging the team up the pitch so the effort was there but we're still not quite seeing um we're not quite seeing the best of him are we it was better yesterday uh, agreed it wasn't the best of him but again I I wasn't at Middlesbrough but that's the that's the best performance I've seen from him um this season coincidence maybe it's because he's got another body in front of him to maybe get the ball to maybe creating a bit more space for him i don't know back in the middle so you know th them elements were there for him he showed a, a bit more nice kind of you know flicks and a bit more confident when he was on the ball and very nearly got that free kick in as well didn't they um yeah and just just on him i mean i'm gonna put two comments on the first one um the first one here obviously tony mia um, in regards to Fleming, the the next one that that come through um, from Lilai and Blue, Fleming showed glimpses yesterday, uh, and hopefully he will kick on. And again, another one from David uh, on the same subject. First thing the opposition do is try and take Fleming out of the game. That's why he seems to go missing. Again, this is what we're saying. There's a lot of different opinions on Fleming at the moment, and I don't really think anybody really knows what's quite going on with him. You know. Rowett has come out and said, you know, transfer talk might have turned his head and, and things like that. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, I've never, I will never be a professional footballer. I don't know what it's like for someone to come in and say that they want to buy you and you can move to the Premier League. But if Burnley or other clubs are looking at his start to the season, they're probably thinking, 
was last year a little bit of a flash in the pan? Is he is he able to reach those standards again? But only time will tell, won't it, Dan? Yeah, I think unless, you know, a, a huge offer comes in for him now, especially so close to the deadline, um, I don't think there is going to be anyone potentially in for him. There was obviously, we know about Burnley, there was supposedly a few links to um, Lazio and Sevilla and Roma, I think it was. Nothing seems to have materialised. So I think they're all pretty much dead. So I think Flem probably knows now he's going to be with here. I think I think Fleming. I can see that comments of the screen from Tony. Mm. I think Fleming knows that he's probably ninety five percent certain he's going to be here and he's going to be playing against Birmingham on Saturday. So it's it's down to him now, really. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting about that comment that said teams try and target him. Naturally, they would. He's our best player. If, you know, if if you're the manager, you you go right. Who's their who's their danger man? And you know, you try and put a, a plan in place. Mm-hmm. to try and stop him obviously the best players usually try and rise above that and and still manage to do that do their thing on the pitch so we will see what happens with Zian Flebin but I'm hopeful show glimpses yesterday I'm hopeful once this uh, transfer window closes international break has gone he'll be back up to his old self yeah just an interesting comment that's just come through there before we we um do a little bit of an outro and, and a couple of other bits just to just to clear up. But best thing to do with Fleming is to offer him a new deal, brackets pay rise, with a buyout clause. He'll be happy with a few extra quid and maybe a 12 to 15 million buyout. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I mean, it's very, it's difficult to know. We don't know, again, with negotiations, what Zian Fleming's on. We don't know what kind of deal he's got. I don't think there's a, there's a buyout clause Um I don't think there would there is anything like that from from our perspective. I think if there was, Burnley probably would have, unless it's obscene. Yeah. I think Burnley would have just got bored with the negotiations and just gone right. Let's let's just pay it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think so. I uh, look. I, I think, and and not just again touching on the transfer window. Personally, I think you're right. What you said, Dan. I think Fleming will stay. I don't see uh, there's uh, there is time for for clubs to come in and. You know, maybe a big offer that might, you know, might twist the club's arm a little bit. I think the players that are left in the squad that potentially could leave, George Evans, um, it is one again that I think if someone did want him, I think the club would probably move him on. I think, I think I, to be honest, I think it's just Evans. I, you know, may, maybe Vogel Summer, but there was that report in the week and, and that's gone. We're thin on numbers as it is, mm. you know, like, yeah, if, if we did, who else, like, who's possibly in the first team squad that wasn't on our subs bench yesterday? Honeyman. That's probably all I could tell you. Maybe Adam Malachi, if you class it. I don't know whether he trains with the first team or the youth team. Um, But they're probably the only two players um, that I could probably think of off the top of my head that are in our squad um, who weren't on the bench yesterday. And obviously Honeyman's injured, so that almost takes him out completely. So I don't think, I think the last thing the club need to be doing doing unless it's a stupidly good offer for a player um he's getting rid of players i think we need at least two in this week and an attacker and a center half um anything else we might get in after that could be seen as a little bonus but i i would just take them to him yeah i mean i, I was going to say that the other one was potentially boggle summer but again uh, that was only based on the reports that come out in the week i think we need two personally maybe even three 
Uh, again, that's we don't know for sure. Again, we spoke about Ollie Burke. We don't know if anybody's coming in. If if he does now, then maybe we should go and do the lottery, Dan, and and uh, <laughs> and uh, and the fans can curse us that it's our fault um, that that he signed. Um, just a couple more. Uh, Stephen seems to think two are coming in this week. I would like to think so. I don't know. I but hope you're right, mate. Yeah. I really hope you're right. Uh, Evans won't go. Uh, he can go on a free next season, perhaps. Yeah, you know, people are not going to take a punt on, on uh, unless the club release him like they did with George Long. Um, if Fleming started the season well, he could have left before the window closed, but he's been average. So doubt Fleming will attract any panic buyers. Again, though, you know, it, for example, and this is just purely uh, something that I was thinking about the other day, Sheffield United, Luton, Perhaps maybe not Luton with it, but you know the budget's probably a bit different there. But Sheffield United, a club that you know might panic buy towards the end of the window, they might not feel that they've got enough. You know, they're the sort of clubs that perhaps the Everton, another club that have obviously started very very poorly, that you know are going to want to keep their 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 survival bids. I'm not saying that Zeehan Fleming's good enough to play for clubs the size of Everton, but I think you know based on what they've got, I think he's well, well, yeah, a game up there up top soon, mate. They're relying on Neil Morpay. But that's the thing, you know, they might look at it and go, look, we need we need some goals in this team. And, and they look to the championship because they know it might be perhaps easier to sign than, you know, than someone from abroad. Um, the last comment I'm going to put up, Mark, you're a very kind man. Where can I get my programme signed? Bring it to the Leeds game and I'll sign it for you if you want. Um, on that note, that's been uh, that Millwall uh, podcast. Um, I did see a comment. I do apologise, um, Lilian Blue. We should do more of these live chats. We do do these on Twitter. We do, or, or actually, I should get it right on X now, not not the uh, not the other word, um, where where we encourage obviously you guys to come on and talk. So we do still do them. They're just not always on YouTube, but we will take that on board and perhaps flick between the two. So um, we do maybe one on Twitter. Sorry, one on X, and uh, one on one on YouTube. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in on your bank holiday Sunday to to listen to us talk about Millwall off the back of a really, really good um, 1-0 win, I think. Um, very important for us to win that game yesterday. Dan, any final words from you? No, yeah, just thank you for listening, everyone. Um, obviously, if you aren't subscribed on YouTube, following us on all your podcast, play, podcast places, make sure you do that. Got a Twitter community as well. We're approaching uh, around 100 members on that, so it'd be good to get, the last, uh, get up to that uh, yep. magic number. So yeah, no, just make sure that you're um you're listening on all platforms, and I'm sure there'll be some more shows out um later this week. I'm sure, obviously, chat with chaps. I think that's in the process of going up if it isn't on the channel already. Um, and I'm sure there'll be another show debriefing Stoke and looking forward ahead to Birmingham. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. We will take that on board um, and try and get you. Uh, get some more videos on YouTube for you. As I say, we do look at all the comments and all the tweets and all the messages. Um, you know, in our WhatsApp group, we we do talk about them and we do try to um, give you guys what you want. We couldn't do this without you. We couldn't do it without you guys tuning in and giving us your feedback and, and supporting us like you do. As Dan said, if you can follow us across Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, there's a Facebook page, TikTok, you name it, we're on it. We'll um, we'll try and give you as much Millwall content as possible. Um, that's been Dan. I'm Stephen. That's been that Millwall podcast. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.